This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the door report. It is episode 205. I'm recording this on a Monday, so keep that in mind. But Coming up in this one today, we've got Mike Rooney, college baseball analyst from D1Baseball.com, joining the show to preview the 2023 Vandy Boys season, talk a little bit about some of the rule changes heading into this season. We'll touch on some of the other SEC teams and how Vanderbilt stacks up with the SEC, but also how they stack up with the teams this weekend that they'll be facing three Big 12 teams. Tough competition this weekend for the Vandy, for the Vandy Boys, uh, rather. We are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, family-owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue over in Berry Hill or give them a call at 615-356-0303. You can also find them online at alacofinewoodfloors.com. Also, big thanks to two other sponsors, Primus Bank, Kennedy Mathis, Loan Officer, also Pickett, where you can find all of your bets and friends in one place. All right, today we've got Mike Rooney, college baseball analyst from D1Baseball.com. We will preview the 2023 Vanderbilt baseball season with him. We'll dive into Enrique Bradfield Jr., how excited Mike is to watch him this year, the state of the Vanderbilt baseball program, their expectations this season, but more importantly, previewing this weekend's matchups in the college baseball showdown at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Six powerhouse teams will be featured in the third annual college baseball showdown in Arlington, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. For the Vandy boys, it gets started Friday, 3 o'clock, first pitch in Arlington against TCU. That's at 3 o'clock. And then Saturday, earlier first pitch, 11 a.m. against Oklahoma State. And then Sunday, 10.30, so really early tip, Sunday morning, get up, drink your coffee, and watch Vanderbilt face off with Texas. And you've got to purchase Flow Sports. It is Flow Sports. You've got to purchase that subscription for the weekend if you want to watch uh, the Vandy boys in action this weekend. Again, it's the College Baseball Showdown. We dive into that with Mike Rooney from D1Baseball.com. I know we've got Vanderbilt and Auburn coming up Saturday night. That is for tomorrow's episode on Friday. So a loaded week for TDR, and we will go ahead and get to that interview with Mike Rooney from D1Baseball.com. Enjoy. It's baseball season. 
no matter what style you're going for. You can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report, our interview portion for today. And I can't believe it. It's almost college baseball season. Not even almost. It's here. This weekend, Vanderbilt is in Arlington at the College Baseball Showdown. Tough competition with a lot of really talented Big 12 teams. And we've got Mike Rooney, college baseball analyst from D1Baseball.com, to help us preview the season this weekend for Vanderbilt, but also take a look at the SEC around the country. Mike, the season always sneaks up on us, doesn't it? No question. And I think it's getting trickier because the draft is so much later now. I feel like the off season is even shorter. So yeah, it's hard to believe that. I mean, you're, you're probably the same way, Billy, like, you know, you, after Christmas, it's head down and writing conference previews and just, um, you know, all of us that have real jobs kind of hunker down with that stuff. And the next thing you know, it's like, yeah, I, I can't even believe it's this weekend. It's remarkable. It's crazy. Is it, is this earlier than usual or no? Am I wrong in that? No, same same as as it's been since they did the kind of uniform start date, but um, but I I just I firmly believe because the draft is I mean the draft is literally like five and six weeks later than normal, right. so I think it takes us longer to put the previous season to bed because you really can't put it to bed until the draft is over, and then the summer is shorter and uh yeah I I just I just think it it's it it always kind of sneaks up on you but now it's really bad because. The draft is so much later. Well, and you mentioned, you know, it gives us a lot more time to talk about college baseball. It's almost like baseball at the college level has evolved into what the way we talk about football and basketball in the offseason with the transfer portal, uh, everything going on with the NIL world. So at D1 Baseball, how have you guys adjusted to that with your coverage? Obviously, there's probably more clamoring from fans for coverage because, you know, are we going to get this guy? Where, where's this guy transferring to? So uh, tell us about your plans these, this season with D1 Baseball, but also how this this landscape of college baseball has sort of shifted y'all's approach. Yeah, so I would, you know, like Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fitt, they're kind of like the, you know, the OGs of D1 Baseball. And they're right. really kind of like some of the OGs of just college baseball coverage. Um, and so, you know, those guys are really the geniuses behind – what's happening at D1 baseball, you know, I would say we, the, the, the growth of the sport, it's been really fun for D1 baseball for, you know, for all, all of us to be able to, to follow along with that. And then, you know, the, the SEC is just a different animal when it comes to college baseball in every way, facilities, fan base, interest, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I guess it was Kendall had the idea to do this SEC extra where the main site will still cover the SEC because you have to, but to dive deeper into the SEC and it allowed D1 baseball to hire someone like Joe Healy, who's really talented, you know, really just a very gifted writer who loves college baseball, have Mark Etheridge have a more prominent role. So those guys have done an awesome job with that. So yeah, it's it, what, what a ride, you know, like it just, it's amazing how the sport just keeps growing and growing. It's crazy. And I want to start there with how it has grown and the pace of play has been a highly debated topic. Of course, uh, the 10 runs after seven innings run rule uh, has been enforced uh, on, on SEC games this season. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that an SEC thing only for this season or is that across the country? Yeah, I mean, the SEC, you know, I would say I, I don't want to get on a dissertation here, but I, I just I'm not a fan of the pitch timer, you know, like the 20 seconds. I just I think, you know, 
people have seen it work in minor league baseball and college baseball, minor league baseball could not be more different. They're just such different games. And so, you know, I I think the SEC, who's always on the cutting edge of this, you see like teams like Vandy and Georgia using the pitch calm wristbands. To me, that is a game changer when it comes to pace of play. The pitch clock is just a nightmare, to be honest. I was on an umpire call today. We spent an hour talking about all the nuances and ramifications of the pitch clock. And it's, you know, by the time you orchestrate all these things, I don't even know if the game got quicker. You know, it just <laughs> we're just winding ourselves like a top. But I will say the things that the SEC came up with today where, hey, two and a half minutes for pitching change, 30 seconds in between hitters, 30 seconds for pitching, you know, for pitching conferences. You know, those things are cutting edge. You know, again, the pitch calm stuff that the SEC schools have been on the front end of. To me, that is how you change the pace of play. I love the 10-run rule. You know, like, hey, it's going to be less at-bats for some bench guys and less innings for some guys that are deeper in the pitching staff, and that's a bummer. But I don't know. Maybe that's what for summer ball is for anyway. Um, I just – I'm really concerned about the pitch timer. Um, I'm all for a pitch timer with nobody on base. I'm not in favor of it with runners on base. I just think it's it's too much. Um, and and all we're doing is we're rushing the game as opposed to trying to you know have a better pace. The pitch Sorry about timer. the soapbox there. No, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, that, hopefully that clears it up for for some people because the pitch timer. It's almost like fans forget it's even there at some point because you know, like you mentioned, what use is this doing? What what you know? What good has come out of this pitch yeah. timer? The pitch com. Do you see more teams evolving towards that? Uh, you know, through your conversations with coaches and and even players, is that something that has been well received, or is every program di- program different? Yeah, so I would say so two points there. One is I agree, fans have never noticed the pitch timer before. They're gonna notice it this year because the umpires are under, you know, basically, hey, if you want to umpire in the postseason, you better enforce this pitch clock. That's the umpires use some discretion in the past. Now it's you know, right. it, it's basically, you know, do it or their postseason lives are at stake. <laughs> I, I would say the reason pitchcom is going to increase is because, hey, the new thing is not only with the pitchers, but the hitters have to be ready to hit in 10 seconds or less. So I think coaches are really spooked by all this. And um, so I think that's going to increase the use of things like pitchcom because, you know, again, you got if you're if you're coaching third base, you got 10 seconds to get whatever offensive play you want in. Uh, or else your your hitters getting getting a strike called on them. So I, I do think pitchcom is going to be con- continue to be more popular because the pitch timer is you know is so onerous. This season just got a little bit more interesting, Mike. I feel like after listening to you talk, but uh, yeah, Vandy we'll is see. a team. <laughs> Vandy is a team that uses the pitchcom, and they um, I don't know that you could say they were the first, but it's almost they were the first big elite program to implement it. Uh, they got some hate, they got some love, but for Vandy's point of view. Um, going back to last season, lost in the Corvallis Regional, of course, uh, took Oregon State down to the final pitch, which surprised a lot of Vanderbilt fans and, and people that are a part of that program because there was a lot of negativity going on last season with the struggles the, at the plate and, and things of that nature. Tons of pitching coming back this season. The bats have to improve, though, following last season's lack of consistent production at the plate. I mean, that that it has to change. So, do you sense that changing? Do, do you sense Vanderbilt making a change at the plate uh, and and just being better? Because if they don't, they may be in the same spot as they were last year. Yeah, I would say, you know, I I, I got I got lucky to see Vandy this fall. And uh, I saw them in a fall scrimmage versus Arizona State, and they were very impressive. I, I would say 
you know, the truth is the Vandy position player group has been underwhelming since 2019. You know, even in 2021, that was kind of like the Kumar lighter show, right? Like it was it, that position player group was not stressed very much. Um, and they just, they, they did not, they look gassed at the end of the year. Um, and so, you know, I, I, last year's position player group, same thing, just, they're just, it wasn't, it wasn't normal. You know, it just didn't look like your typical Vandy team. What I saw in the fall, I liked very, very much. I mean, Enrique Bradfield Jr., you know, is such a dynamic player. Um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that maybe Jack Bolger could DH instead of Bolger DH instead of catch. Uh, you know, Alan Espinal, is he, if he's ready, is a better defender. And I think that complements the pitching staff, which could be the carrying tool for this team. You know, whenever Corbs has had old teams, he's typically had very good teams. And now this position player group's not old, but – the, the, the pitching staff is very old. I, I like, I, I'm all in on Matthew Polk. You know, like I think he's a kid that gives them a, a swagger and an energy. You know, Jonathan Vastine, if I'm saying his name right, he looks Vastine. really interesting. Yeah. Vastine, yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, that, that's the thing. Like, there's such a new energy there. Yeah. Um, you know, RJ Austin. I, I like the vibe of this position player group. I think they'll defend better. I think they'll be more athletic. Um so yeah, I'm I'm in on Vandy. Like I've I've drank the Kool Aid on Vandy this year. Um, I think they're properly ranked, but I I think this is a team that that could be an Omaha club. You know, it's interesting, Mike. I've heard about Vanderbilt uh, utilizing wood bats uh, in the preseason, and as a coach, you know, I don't know if that's something you would have ever done. Uh, you know, back back in your day, but it's interesting because it's almost like Corbin has has tried to make make a switch. You know, f- flip that switch. Uh, with with their offensive production last season was a disappointment. Um, so do you do you know anything in regards to what that wood bat does to prepare a collegiate player for a season? Uh, does it have advantages, or you know is that something that you know we we maybe maybe shouldn't be talking about as much? Because I heard a lot of rumblings about it in, in the preseason. Yeah. I would say. I would say, so I'm going to, I'll speculate, you know, and obviously I'm not speaking for Corbs. I, I have no idea what his rationale was, but, but my impression of the last couple of Vandy position player groups is just physical and a little sluggish, you know, like there just wasn't a ton of life to the group. And so, you know, in, in, in very recent college baseball, the, the, the home run has become so prevalent Maybe, you know, w- with the wood bats and by the way, all these players have used wood bats a ton when they're right. in travel ball and those types of things. So it's not super radical. But the one thing about the wood bat is it's less forgiving. So if I'm Corbs and he does have a smaller, quicker team this year, that's going to have to play air quotes baseball more than just try and leave the yard. Hey, the wood bat is interesting because you can't if you're if you're kind of just swinging for the downs, the wood bat will expose you. So. I could see that where if I had the type of team that Vandy has this year, I would want them thinking more line drive, contact-oriented, offensive approach, uh, play the inside game. I think they've got a team that can do that, and certainly they've got plenty of bangers too. No doubt, and it's just interesting because, you know, you hear it all throughout the summer. These kids are using wood bats, but this close to a season, I thought that was interesting. Um, Vandy plays TCU, Oklahoma State, and Texas out in Arlington. Uh, so obviously that's quite the way to start your season in the college baseball showdown. How do they stack up with those clubs? Obviously we saw what Texas did last year. TCU, we've seen what they have been over the years. And Oklahoma State had a heck of a season last year as well. So how do you think Vandy stacks up with those uh, those big Big 12 teams? Yeah, Vandy's very different from those teams. You know, the big theme in the Big 12 is they 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 really mo- 
almost the entire league is replacing their entire rotation. Just a very weird year where they had tons of pitching drafted. And whereas Vandy is the opposite where, you know, just tons of returning pitching. So I think Vandy will have a huge advantage on the mound versus those teams. Oklahoma State is a program that I think is capable of winning the national title. I think they're the class of the Big 12. You know, Texas is interesting. David Pierce, now they've been to Omaha three of the last four years, but Texas has replaced their entire coaching staff. I mean, David Pierce, the head coach, has three new assistants. Um, So that's unique. You know, like this will be their first real game together as a new coaching staff. Um, TCU is has got a very nice team. Kirk Sarlos took over last year from Drew Schlossnagel. So, you know, I, I, TCU's got a very nice team too, but I, I, I don't, Vandy, this will be a good test for them, but I, I think the best version of Vandy, and I'm really curious to see what that looks like, re- really should be able to play with anybody. Right. Uh, you know, Mike, big season for Vandy. Um, I, I've gotten a lot of questions about the state of the program. Uh, is the program going downhill? You know, it's almost as if fans got so used to making it to Omaha, you know, making that super regional run. You're not always going to have a Kumar Rocker and a Jack Leiter on your pitching staff. So, you know, you could say Vanderbilt fans were spoiled. But, you know, you talked about it a little bit, but where do they stand overall in this changing landscape of SEC baseball with NIL and the transfer portal? Do you think they are they are put together well enough you know, to to make make a run, not just this season, but stay consistently in that elite form, not just in the SEC, but in the country, because we know what's going on at Tennessee, LSU and the rest of the top 10. But do you think Vanderbilt has, you know, the the NIL and the transfer portal capabilities to stay at the top of college baseball, at least in that upper echelon? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny you use the word downhill and, you know, like I know those aren't your words. That's just a sentiment you're expressing. <laughs> But, you know, like, hey, when you're at the top of the mountain, there is no uphill, right? Like, right, you yeah. know, in the previous decade, the program of the decade was either Vandy or Florida, depend on, you know, who you picked. So it's like, yeah, that's that's hard <laughs> to maintain. There's else to go, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I would say, I would say the thing about Vandy is there's still so many inherent um, positives in the program. You know, now again, Corbs, how long does he coach? I don't know. Like, obviously, you, you, I don't know that you can have the future of Vandy baseball conversation without pondering what, right. it, what does Corbs want to do? But I would tell you that it's still in the SEC, which is the league every player in any state in this country wants to be in. It's still a world class education. It's still, you know, the school has really attractive financial aid, not just for baseball, but for when Vandy, and a lot of academic schools are like this, Stanford's like this, the Ivy League schools are like this. When the school decides that it wants a student or a student athlete, they have the financial resources to make that happen. I think Vandy will have NIL resources for baseball, but I think they're going to lean more towards, hey, supplementing, and, and most of baseball is this way, by the way. It's it's not paying a quarterback. What we, what we see in baseball right. is hey, help someone get to where you don't have costs for college. Um, so, and, and the other thing about Vandy is it attracts a, an academic kid that is more likely to say no to draft money. So I I, I don't see, and, and here's the other thing that's interesting. Look at like an RJ Shrek. It's not like Vandy, it's not like Corbs and Vandy are saying absolutely no to the transfer right. portal. Uh, if they were saying absolutely no, like, Programs like Louisville and UCLA, which are great programs, they've basically taken a hard stance on the portal. And, and you know, like that's going to be very interesting. I don't see that in Vandy. So 
hey, if Vandy is a devalued stock right now, I, I, I'm buying big time, Billy. Like, I don't think they're going anywhere. It's funny. Uh, I saw Coach uh, Coach Corbin's press conference, and he got asked about the SEC, and you know he's he was just chuckling. You know he's just laughing. He said it. It. I guess I guess we're just you know we're doing this now. We're we're getting better. You know he mentioned LSU and and Tennessee, and and it's funny. You know kind of because Corbin's sort of the 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 old statesman of the SEC, and and there's let's face it, there aren't a whole lot of coaches. I don't know about his age, but you know that sort of that style in, in collegiate athletics in general. You know, you've seen coaches like Coach K and and all kinds of different coaches basically say, you know what, I've had enough. You know, I've had enough with this era. Uh, and Corbin, yeah. it, it's it's going to be interesting. So, um, you know, it, it's it's with Corbin, it's funny how he approaches it. You know, he's he's he hasn't changed really anything within the methods. You know, we're a developmental mm-hmm. program. We're not changing. You mentioned R.J. Shrek, but you know, he fits the program. He, he's a player that fits, and I think that's very interesting to note. Uh, because Vanderbilt, they're gonna they're gonna have to change, but they don't have to drastically change. Yeah, and I think you know you mentioned Tennessee. I I don't see LSU as like this terrible threat to Vandy. Like they kind of recruit in different circles. Um, right. That not a ton of overlap. You know, LSU other than is Christian cl- Little, of course. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like I think I think the Christian Little thing at Vandy. Again, I'm only speaking for myself outside my observation. Like. Christian Little, where he went was irrelevant. He just was not staying at Vandy. Like it, it had not, it had played out. You know, like sometimes the player and the program just aren't a great fit for each other. And right. that was my impression of the Christian Little situation. I, you know, I, I will tell you the program that that does change things for Vandy is Tennessee, because for the longest time, Vandy has just you know cherry picked everything they wanted in the state of Tennessee, which is a very good state for high school baseball, and now. It's not that way. You know, now Vandy and Tennessee are splitting the best players in the state. The thing that's great, the the good news for Vandy, though, is that's an adjustment that's easily made for Corbs and for Brownie and and for Mike Baxter, where Vandy is a national brand. They just have to, you know, hey, maybe it does become a little bit more California, like, you know, a Davis Diaz and an RJ Shrek and those types of who knows. But um, the Tennessee thing is not as easy as it once was. No, and you've hit on something that I love talking about. Um, and ever since Tony Vitello got that program up and rolling, I knew it would get to this point. I, I knew it would get to this point of where Vanderbilt, Tennessee might be the best matchup, rivalry matchup in the country at, at this point. Now, Vanderbilt, they're still in the top 10. Uh, obviously, they're not where they quite were under Rocker and Leiter in, in the 2019 national title team, but they're still up there. And, and you you said it. So with that dynamic, Put yourself in a high school player's shoes in the state of Tennessee. Obviously, every player is different, but how would you compare the two schools in terms of expectations, uh, in terms of a coaching style? Are they polar opposites, Mike? I mean, and is that a good thing? Because I think it's phenomenal. I, I think the yeah. different styles of both programs suit the the player perfectly because if you want to go to Vanderbilt, you probably know the type of player that wants to go to Vanderbilt. But if you see a commit – that is interested in Tennessee, you're not surprised maybe by the personality, the, the, you know, the exuberance, some of that. So um, just talk about, talk about that dynamic and how uh, a player perceives those two schools and how much it, it, it might've changed over the years. Yeah. I would say this is going to sound, uh, you know, like hyperbole, but I, I really, I sincerely believe this. Like I can't think of the, the Vandy and Tennessee are the two programs over the last 20 years that have probably done more to grow the profile of college baseball than any other programs. You know, Vandy, just because 
you know, the diversity that Corbs has had in this program, the number of big leaguers, you know, the you know, as the SEC has really exploded, Vandy has been right there at the, at the front of the race. And then, you know, Tennessee is it's like the Miami Hurricanes of the 1980s with football where <laughs> You know, they're there. You can't take your eyes off them They're, You know, the, the, it's it's there is entertaining of a program as you're going to find. And I, I think if you're a high school, if you're a family of a, an elite high school player and you're being courted by Vandy in Tennessee, the programs are very different. And I think the differences will help you make the decision for you. But I, I think if your dream is to be a big leaguer and have a great college experience and all that. Both are great choices. Right. I, I think it's a stylistic difference more than anything else. But if if I'm a dad and what I really care about is the you know the future of my kid and you know all I I think both are great choices. But um, you're right. Like the rivalry is really intense. The stylistic differences are you know glaring. Um, but I I think it's uh, and then you mix in what LSU's got going and you know it it really is. It's got to. I don't mean this to be belittling or uh, condescending. I mean this complimentary. Like it's got a it's got a WWE feel to it in a positive way. Meaning, like it's so entertaining, you can't keep your eyes off it. And that's why ESPN is all over that weekend in Knoxville, uh, April twenty first through the twenty third. ESPN two back to back days, Saturday and Sunday, to see who yeah. determines the series. So can't wait for that, Mike. I won't keep you here too much longer. I got a couple more. Enrique Bradfield Jr. You mentioned him. I mean, you can't talk about Vandy without talking about him. He's on just about every preseason watch list. He's got a shot at the Golden Spikes, with which I think is really incredible. I think when he got here as a freshman, you know, it was interesting. You knew he was good, but how good was he going to be? He's turned into one of the best players in the country. How excited are you to watch him this season, both on defense but also at the plate? Because mm-hmm. because he he developed some power last year that I think surprised some people. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I'll start with the defense. Seeing them in Las Vegas this fall, you know, I've I had only ever seen Enrique um, on TV, and I didn't realize how glorious the defense is. I mean, it was insane how good of a defensive center fielder he is. And, of course, offensively, the run tool, you know, steals the show and 93 for 99 and stolen bases. And, you know, you mentioned it. Like, he slugged 415 last year. He hit eight home runs. And I, I've, I've posed that question to my buddies at D1. It's like, Hey, if Enrique Bradfield hits 15 home runs, going from eight to 15 is not unheard of. If he steals 60 bags, if he scores 80 runs, I mean, somebody's going to have to put up a pretty big season and not have him be the Golden Spikes Award winner. So he's, you know, it's it's a special talent. It's a for sure big leaguer if he stays healthy. And the thing about for Vandy is not that it's all on him. And I do think his complimentary pieces this year fit him better than maybe in past years. He really can take over a game offensively. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Mike, real quick here, SEC. Obviously, you got LSU and Tennessee at the top. Vanderbilt's up there in that East Division. Tell me about Arkansas in that West Division. And, of course, LSU is out there, but A&M, obviously the SEC is stacked. How do you see it before the season? You know, not not projecting, but how do you, how do you stack up the SEC? That's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like buckle your chin strap and put your big boy, big girl pants on. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, we, we couldn't even – we did the rankings, and we love Alabama because they're very old. We love South Carolina because we think they've got a chance to be dominant on the mound. And then you start ranking teams like that, and all of a sudden Auburn, who's been to Omaha two of the last three years, and Mississippi State, who won a national title two years ago, now they they get squeezed out. They're not top 25 teams. And, you know, Georgia, who I think is very good, I picked them as a sleeper in one of these staff picks, 
they're they're uh, they're not one of the eleven regional teams that we have this year. Um, so it's just you know it's a Donnybrook, Arkansas. You know, losing Jackson Wiggins really hurts. But you know, Dave Van Horn and that staff at this point, you kind of just hey, is Coach Van Horn still there? Coach Hobbs, Coach Thompson. All right, yeah, I'm in. Right, it's like nobody's recruiting better than them. They're doing a great job in the portal. So the the you know both divisions are going to be a hot mess, like only the SEC can be. But that's you know why last year you get four SEC West teams in Omaha. If you can survive the league, you can beat anybody. Can't wait. College baseball gets going this weekend. You got the college baseball showdown, of course, Vanderbilt and Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State. I think UCLA's in it too, right, Mike? Uh, I think you got the this weekend is Missouri, T, um, Missouri, Vandy. Uh, it's the the Big Twelve teams are what do we say Texas, TCU, and Oklahoma State. Yes, gotcha. Who who knows? I, I can't keep it going. But uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy the coverage because we know you're going to be busy here pretty soon. Gotta love it. Thank you. Appreciate it.